Welcome to Searchlight with Stephanie. I am your host, Stephanie McLernan, and this week we turn on our searchlights onto the case of Noreen Ann Grinley. I will also be including at the end of the episode um, just some stats for children's safety as well as just missing children's stats from around the globe. My resources for this week's case are missingkids.ca, websleuths.com, medium.com, and bringnoreenhome.wordpress.com. So let's dive on in. Noreen Ann Gridley was born on May 16, 1950, and she disappeared on September 14, 1963. She is described to be 5 foot 2, 100 pounds, with a slight build. She has a dark freckle on the right-hand side of her lip next to her nose, lightest, ugh, light brown bushy hair, greenish-blue eyes, a turned-up nose, and she was 13 at the time of her disappearance. She was last seen wearing a peachy pink sweater with a white blouse, white bra and panties, black jeans, black running shoes, and a fine silver chain with a blue pendant, as well as a small blue dome change purse uh, with 70 cents in it. On the evening of her disappearance, Noreen was bowling at the Liberty Bowl on Baseline Road in Bowmanville, Ontario, with her friend Bonnie and Bonnie's boyfriend, Gary Wilner. After they had finished bowling, they went to Sam's Restaurant, which is located at 14 Division Street, and then headed towards Bonnie's house at the corner of Waverly Road and Highway 2, which is also known as Old King Street. Bonnie reported to the police that Gary and herself had wanted some alone time, so around 11, 11.30, Noreen decided to head home and headed for the bus stop across the street from Bonnie's house, headed westbound. After waiting for a short time, Noreen popped back into the Wilkins house to speak to Bonnie one more time, before leaving again to go back to the bus stop. Unfortunately, Noreen never ended up catching the bus. The bus driver reported not seeing her upon arriving at the bus stop. A Ford Prefect or Renault around the year 1957-1959 model make, Blue, was reported by a neighbor in the vicinity of the bus stop around the same time occupied by a man in a fedora hat. Noreen's sister, Joyce, and her friend saw the same vehicle speeding down Holt Road, almost hitting them near the Greenlee family home and reported hearing a scream, suspected to be Noreen. 
Noreen's father and brother attempted to follow the car, but they could not locate it unaware Noreen may have been inside. Noreen's case did end up getting reopened in 2005. Her family has a suspicion that she may have known her abductor from her time working at the gas bar. Noreen's brother, Mark, who was three at the time, suspects that she was abducted, sexually assaulted, and brutally murdered and is buried somewhere within a 30-mile radius of Bowmanville. There was also a reported sighting of Noreen in Calgary with dyed black hair working as domestic. If you're not sure what a domestic is, it's like your maid or nanny, au pair, whatever you want to call it, those kind of things. Um, in October of 2018, Durham authorities had excavated a portion of land near Regional Road 57 after a tip came in from a man who claimed that his father admitted to killing Noreen, but no new evidence was ever found. I also um, just wanted to give a little bit of a side note um, for Bring Noreen home.wordpress.com there is an option for donating to help the family as they are still continuing the search for Noreen um, so if you feel like you would like to help the case please feel free to absolutely go check out the website and donate to the family Noreen, your parents, brothers, and sisters all sought closure to find you. Unfortunately, their journey in life ended before that closure came. We are still here for you, Auntie Noreen. We must never forget about our missing children. We must keep them alive. We are their voice. We together can make a difference and bring our missing children home. And that was from Noreen's niece. I want to take the time to thank you all for tuning in this week. If you or anyone you know has any information regarding Noreen's case or any of the cases that you hear, I suggest you calling Crime Stoppers or MissingKids.ca. The phone numbers are 1-800-222-8477, or for missing children, it is 1-866-543-8477. And if you live in the Durham region and want to come forward with any more um, information for Noreen's case is one triple eight five seven nine one five two zero. I want to thank you all again so much for tuning in with me this week, and I will be giving you the global stats just in a moment here. All right. All right, Cookie, you ready for some more statistics? Sorry, I'm talking to my roommate's dog. She's sitting on my lap right now. So majority of the statistics that I have found came from safeatlast.co. Every year, 8 million children get reported missing. 2,300 children in the U.S. per day get abducted. Stranger abductions account for less than 1%. Parents are accountable for abductions 90% of the time. 400,000 children were reported missing in the U.S. during 2020. Every two minutes, a child is reported missing in Europe. Teens are the most common age group for abductions. 
99% of missing children return home alive. 57% of children abducted by strangers make it back home. And as for online safety statistics, and I just want to, I just want to make sure that y'all like know, like I'm not trying to be like doom and gloom. The reason why I'm reading this is statistics. Let me try and speak English. Um, statistics for you all is for y'all to sort of acknowledge what is going on around the world. Like we shouldn't, by no means, have eight million children getting abducted a year. Um, so I, I read these stats to make you as parents more aware, or as young children, if you are, you know, in your adolescence and you were listening to my podcast, I want you to know, so then that way you're aware of it, so you can be observant of your surroundings and you can follow your gut instinct. Like, I swear, like, you all need to follow that gut instinct. If you get that feeling in the, like, whole body and you know something doesn't feel right please do whatever you can to get out please for the love of god get out i hate when i'm like listening to true crime podcasts also like shout out to like ashley and brett from crime junkie and peyton and garrett from murder with my husband and sarah from serial i'm obsessed with their um, podcast team with bailey Serian. um but anyways sorry i'm getting sidetracked going back to the stats 70% of kids encounter sexual or violent content online while doing homework research. 17% of tweens aged 8 to 12 receive an online message with photos or words that have made them feel uncomfortable. Only 7% of parents are aware of this. 65% of 8 to 14 year olds have been involved in some sort of cyberbullying incident. 36% of girls and 31% of boys have been bullied online. 16% of high school students have considered suicide. 75% of children have shared personal information in exchange for goods and services. One out of every seven children have sent messages, while one in four admits they've received these kind of messages of sexual content of some sort. 20% of teenagers have sent or posted news of themselves, and I would like to remind you, teenagers, on a side note, that if you are sending news or semi-news, that's technically child pornography because you are not an adult. That is illegal. Don't do it. Don't do it. 11% of young teen girls aged 13 to 16 have posted news or semi-news. Again, I'm going to reiterate that technically because of the fact that you are under the age of 18. That is child pornography. And whoever you send it to, it is illegal. So don't do it. I know that like you want to feel like risque and all that other stuff. Um, just wait till you're 18. Just wait till you're 18. Okay? Okay. Forwarding sex without consent, 12%. Well, only without... Oh, sorry. Forwarding a sex without consent was 12%. Well, only 8.4% admitted someone had forwarded them a sex to them. Suicide is the second most common cause of death in adolescents 15 to 19. And I just, I want to, like, add a side note here. I feel like, like, I got bullied as a kid. Um, but this generation, I feel, is definitely um, bigger jerks, for lesser words, um, when it comes to bullying. Like, we should not have children unaliving themselves because y'all don't 
know how to like not be little jerks and I do kind of sort of blame the parents like not always like I don't like to parent blame or parent shame by any means that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is that you should know the difference between someone being able to tell that you're joking and someone not being able to tell and there's a difference there's a big difference and you know that statistic alone breaks my heart because you know most of us i believe most of us have watched 13 reasons why and if you haven't i feel like people need to watch it to understand how mental health works and the things that can happen um so i would i would suggest sitting down with your teenagers and possibly watching 13 reasons why um just so that they understand what bullying can do and lead to and like mental health is a thing and that we need to have a conversation about it and people need to have like a way to talk about it without being judged for it um sorry kind of got sidetracked cookie's just like looking at me like okay time to move on to the next point um only 25 percent of the children who've received a sexual solicitation have told a parent 20 percent of teens have gone and met up with online friends and i'm sorry I'm trying not to add in like a whole bunch of my own like side notes, but I was a teenager once and I know all the sneaky little things I did. I am telling you right now, if you are going to meet up with your friend online and you do not tell your parents, can you at least tell somebody? I don't care if it's a friend, aunt, uncle, co-worker, just like somebody to know where you are are and who you're going to meet and send them that person's number and their address and if you happen to know them because their car please i would rather a hundred percent you overdo it with information than not doing it okay okay sorry i'm just very passionate about these things because i don't these cases break my heart okay i don't like sometimes i have to take a minute before recording because like i just want to sob so yeah if you hear pauses throughout my episodes that's probably because i'm on the bridge of like wanting to cry one in four stalking victims have also reported some form of cyber stalking often taking place via email or on instant message so with these statistics what i am going to tell you all okay my mom always had a password of the day if you have smaller adolescent children as you're listening to the podcast um so she would always be like, it's pizza one day, or it's this word the next day. Whatever one that your family wants to use, whatever, have at her, okay? Um, but it actually did prevent me from getting kidnapped. Um, so when I lived in Plattsville, um, it's a small, rinky-dinky little hick town. It's not like that big. It's not that fancy. Um, but you had the public school, and then, like, the Catholic school kids would get dropped off at our public school and then like they'd walk home from the buses and a girlfriend of mine who went to the same babysitter as me, Lindsay, um, she was walking in front of me by like I'd say six, seven feet. Like it wasn't like a whole lot of distance, but it was like too much distance if that makes sense. And so I was walking to go figure skating and I remember specifically, I still, even to this day, I remember his truck and the way that he looked just because of the fact that he called me by my first name and it threw me for a loop. So it was like, you know, Bella Swan's like Ford truck that she had. Well, it had like a white stripe around it and like that same kind of reddish color. 
and it was a gentleman with a big black long beard and he had small little beady eyes a baseball cap and like a plaid like jacket thingy with like a white t-shirt and he said like, staff your mom told me to come pick you up and i'm like no she didn't like what's the password like something just told me that he wasn't supposed to be there and he got it wrong and i was like no you're not supposed to be the you're, you're not supposed to be the one that picks me up like no like shoot like get away from me basically and then he drove that six or seven feet Lindsay leaned over in the passenger seat and next thing i knew she got grabbed so i screamed dropped all my stuff and i ran to my babysitters and i'm like bam 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 Lindsay just got taken and I'm like i don't know if it's just like the shock of me coming in and saying that or what it was but she like took a good 10 minutes to like realize i was not pulling a prank so we finally called the opp because we did not have our own police force and gave them all the information can't remember if I remember his license plate for some reason i'm having a hard time remembering that um but then they ended up finding her out in baden like two or three hours later in his basement if i remember correctly and then shortly after that her family moved out of Plattsville, and i have not heard from her or seen her or anything so Lindsay, if you happen to come across my podcast i hope that you are doing well girl um god love you i'm glad that you got home safe um but then again i want to thank you all for tuning in and turning your searchlights on and listening to my 10 minute ramble of statistics and stuff um but yeah just stay safe guys okay love you all stay safe stay vigilant you know listen to your gut instinct for the love of god okay